powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Want to bet? Then get in on the action at Sports Interaction. The boys of summer are back on the diamond, and March Madness is on deck. Bet pre-game, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. Or in Ontario, download the app now using the QR code at the bottom of the screen. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Welcome back to Game Over Ottawa, everybody. Uh, gonna be a sad one here tonight, I think. Just first off, gonna thank Louis Boulet for joining me tonight. And I feel very bad that I made him sit through this whole game and he didn't have the option to turn it off early and go to bed. Yeah, it was, uh, it wasn't the most fun game. Uh, it was definitely, you know, at least we scored. We were talking yeah. about it like during i think it was during the second period or even after the first and mm -hmm. you were saying man this game has big shutout vibes and you know i was feeling a little optimistic i'd say at least we'd score let's ignore the the other more optimistic stuff that i said <laughs> um but yeah so so we did sure we didn't really create that chance at all it was the the easiest tap and goal for tim schlissel but hey at least we had something right <laughs> something Man. at least oh. yeah i was i was trying to go along with your your optimistic vibes there at like about halfway through the game there but uh the the sentence just let us down with that tonight i felt like i think i said we manifested that stusla goal because it was uh, like a few minutes before that i was like oh it's gonna be a shutout but honestly it still kind of feels like we did get shut out anyway just because the like you said the only thing that we actually got was just totally created by the flames anyway so uh just a totally rough one all around here tonight um yeah, Bosti in the chat saying, does that Timmy goal even count? That's basically what <laughs> exactly what I'm thinking. Like, he'll take that for his stat padding, but from a fan perspective, it feels like we didn't even freaking score at all. That was just uh, totally brutal. Um, I think I'm going to start off by asking you, do you have any hope for playoffs anymore at this point? Man, it's like after last game, it felt incredibly demoralizing and if you look mm -hmm. at money pucks uh model our odds went down from like around 20 to 15 percent yeah and from this it'll probably go down to around 10 especially with the penguins win i i, I don't think it's happening um at this point especially after the last couple of games after the last like four games i, I know you're counting we're counting the uh the seattle game in there but mm -hmm. it's just been incredibly demoralizing the good thing, at least, is, again, the pick is lottery protected. <laughs> Thank God for that. So, and it's it's not just that it's lottery protected, but it's specifically top five protected. And from the draft work that I have done, I I have identified a clear top five, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, so if the Sens do pick top five and move up, uh, thanks to a lottery win or something, at least we'll get a selection in there. And that will be a very good talent. Okay. Uh, almost certainly a forward, but we we wish we wouldn't be talking about this. But again, at least we got to a point where we were playing meaningful games. Sure, mm -hmm. we kind of we kind of crumbled pretty early in that sense. Pretty quickly, we achieved that goal for a little at least. Yeah, that's that's what's tough for me to grapple with right now. Just because we we're like, oh, meaningful games, and like during my stream after the Seattle game, like I went and looked at the standings, and I'm like, oh my god, we're actually in ninth, and that lasted for literally like less than 24 hours until uh, until someone won the next day, whoever it was, and passed us. I think it was Florida, and then and then yeah, the Sens just 
can't take advantage against teams that they really should be beating. Like, I won't say that as much about Calgary here tonight because they are also desperate trying to scrape back uh, into a playoff position, but it's really those previous games against Chicago and Vancouver that uh, that were the big issues, but then that created tonight as being the dagger just because uh, we already blew those other games and it was really a must win here tonight. It's like, it sucks that uh, two games ago I was looking at the standings. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy. If we finish ninth or 10th, I'll be so happy. And then two games later, now I don't even want to look at the standings because it's too depressing. Yeah, especially when you kind of, you know, build that mindset in your head after five, six years of being awful. That like okay, we just gotta finish bad, like finish poorly, yeah. get picks, and we finally get meaningful games. And it's like, man, do I really want to get back into that mindset again? Do I really want to go back there? Because mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it feels so repetitive. But the thing is, yeah, again, at least there's considerable improvement. Um, at, to the point of the schedule that you mentioned, and yeah, it's it's only gonna get worse. Yeah, <laughs> like we have to, we have yet to play Carolina this year. Uh, we have to play them twice. Uh, we're playing Colorado on Thursday. I bought tickets to that game Ooh. very quickly after we beat Columbus. I was on a high, and mm -hmm. it's it's I don't know. Uh, it'll be a little. <laughs> it's sketchy. gonna be fun. Maybe they'll uh, yeah. maybe they'll put their back up against us and give us a shot. I remember last year we played them uh, at home ice and we beat them like six five because they just had some random I was AHL that guy in that. Yeah, yeah. It was Jonas Johansson, who, by the way, has had some of the worst goalie stats I've ever parsed through. So the fact <laughs> oh that we beat them was all thanks to that and Brady Kachuk's beautiful breakaway OT winner, which I will never forget. Yeah, this is a bit of an aside, but while we're talking about that game last year, like going, I think it was in the month of December going into that month, like a friend wanted to go to a game with me and I was like, okay, I'll, uh, I'll pick one. And we, the Sens were doing pretty crappy at the time. So I was like, okay, I'll pick the game against Vancouver because we could probably have a shot against beating them. Then we lose to Vancouver freaking 6-2. And then the very next game was that Colorado game where they somehow pull a win out of their ass against the team that ended up uh, winning the Stanley Cup. So I feel like this is something that the Sens do where they just kind of play down to their competition. And then, uh, you know, I totally wouldn't be surprised if we just randomly beat Edmonton out of nowhere and just some goofy game where we're, we feel like we're already out of it at this point, but the, the Sens will just like shock us and give us a little bit of hope, but it's like not much more hope that there's really left to give unless something insane happens. But like you said, ridiculous schedule coming up they they re kept repeating it on the broadcast the next seven games it's basically other than colorado the other six teams for those games is just all the top teams in the eastern conference like just absolutely brutal so yeah i i guess we should get a little bit more into uh, analyzing tonight's game uh i decided to throw on the sens pride t-shirt uh just because i feel like I was could be a little bit ironic because I feel like the Sens uh, did not play with any pride whatsoever tonight. Uh, I think I have the exact same one. That's the yeah. orange, right? You got the orange as well. Yeah. Hell yeah. What what section were you in? Oh, uh, two oh three. I okay, believe. Okay. Okay. I was above you then. I was like, it would have been hilarious if we were like actually really close and we didn't even <laughs> notice. Um, it was like the one time like I never. I'm always in the three hundreds, mm -hmm. but through the student pricing. I was able to get like front row 200 tickets, which was awesome. awesome uh, and I was man. able to get bring my dad and get my mom over to watch a game. And she hadn't been in like five years. Oh, yeah. So to have them win and like be on Pride Night and all that stuff, that was awesome. Yeah, that was a great game to be at too. That was also part of the reason I threw the shirt on because I was just like, we can reminisce about uh, two weeks ago when we were really happy and, and had 
that awesome game. I had such a great time at that game against Columbus, and it, it sucks that that was our last uh, that was our last home game before this road trip. And then like all the steam has just been completely taken out of the team, and they're going to be coming back uh, with everyone being disappointed after this five game road trip. But uh, yeah, in terms of tonight's game, I, being honest, I I expected more of a pushback. Like. They, the Sens bounced back pretty well after the Chicago game and started like on fire against Seattle. And that game was really up and down, but it's the sort of a case with the playoff bubble team here where you can't expect these wins to be perfect and you just got to grind wins out how you can. So after another stinker against Vancouver, I was expecting, honestly, I was expecting a decent game tonight, but we just did not get it at all. Um... Just to kind of shift the conversation, I think, what what do you think was the... I would say pretty much everything went wrong for the Sens tonight, but if you had to pick out, like, one thing, what do you think was the worst tonight that uh, was our downfall? Oh, so many choices. Yeah, if you um, can. <laughs> I mean, listen, the power play was brutal. And the thing is, that's not just this game at all. As we have know, it's been... The, the, the stats have been shown throughout the last few games by the broadcast, and... Are the Sens even now? In, or it's it, I think it's seven seven goals, four, six against? Or with today, I think it's, I think it's even, even now, yeah. Man, and they almost gave up even so... more. It could have been negative. I know. Too. That's, this ugh. is like oh, this is with two more or two or three more breakaways or two on ones against. It could have been so much worse. Like there was that one big scramble that Mandalay somehow kept it out. But yeah, the power play has just been so bad. Like I like bringing up Chikrin uh to the first unit. But not if it means putting Shab- keeping Shabbat there and putting him on the half wall because he's weird. not like you don't need absolutely need a shooting threat at the top of the circle. But it's not like Shabbat has as good enough of a shot and mixes that with enough dynamicism with the puck passing wise in the ozone. Like sure in transition, it's not bad, but on the power play especially, he just just doesn't bring that. Mm-hmm. I know he's had a tough season, but like I expect it to at least bounce back a little bit next year when he gets to have a more consistent uh, ice time through the year and does not run into the ground. But ideally, I think I'd run just for the first unit, probably Chikrin at the top of the umbrella, uh, Stutzla and man, maybe Giroux at the, in the hash marks instead of Batherson, uh, Debrinket on one side and then Kachuk net front. That's what I would try anyway. After that, you can kind of see whoever's left and roll that on the PB2. But hey, we got to try different things at this point because nothing's working. Yeah, I think everyone was really happy to see Chikrin get put on the first power play unit tonight. But it was just strange in the way they did it, like you said, with keeping Shabbat on there. And also, we keep hearing about Chikrin's really hard shot, but they didn't put him in a one-timer position like at yeah, all. He's on the wrong side. Them. Yeah. And we know that Shabbat is not that much of a shooting threat, so if you had literally just switched the two of them around, it would uh, make a whole lot of more sense. Um, and yeah, Giroux not being on the first unit as well, that became a pretty big topic on Twitter recently. Uh, someone had pointed out, let me see, yeah, uh, Locked on Sense had posted that Giroux is actually the top power play point producer in the entire league since 2011, and we have him on our second unit still, like... I know that it was working earlier in the year, and obviously Giroud is still having an amazing season despite being on the second unit for a lot of it. Uh, When your power play is struggling, maybe you should get that guy on the first unit, I have to say. Yeah, and it's not just... like I I think it'd be Batherson you'd take off of the first unit, Mm -hmm. and I know he's had decent individual production, but you can't help but feel that as a whole, the power play would have a 
bigger and better impact if Shihu was there instead. Because you look at a lot of Batherson's power play goals, and they are very much just kind of tap-ins off scrambles, off stuff, and just being there. And sure, some credit can be attributed to him for that. And I see, yeah, I see Bossy 12 goals. Most yeah, that's the, the weird team. part is he has the most power play goals on the team, but I and yet I feel like watching the power play currently, it feels like he's the guy that needs to go off for the first unit. It's weird. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why I wouldn't mind seeing seeing him getting taken off of it and putting Jihu there. And maybe if you want to swap around who plays at what position after that, go ahead. But yeah, I, again, just any change at this point. I mean, I guess I could have said that before today, and that is what we got, but not what I meant with yeah. like Shabbat on the half wall and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And a uh, comment in the chat from Graham, which is something I wanted to bring up, is uh, they keep getting burned by the defense jumping up and uh, no one really covering for those pinches. No one has uh, really been able to adjust. Um, and I bring that up right now because of all these shorthanded goals that keep happening. It's it just it's so weird to me that this team is before this game anyway, because I'm sure all the rankings changed and our stats dropped. But before this game, we were ranked third in the league for penalty kill and sixth in the league for power play. And yet it has been both of those special teams that have just been pure ass for this entire road trip. And specifically, uh, as I was saying, those shorthanded goals, like what just what on earth are they doing? Like it's so many pinches by the D. I feel like in the Chicago and Vancouver games, a lot of it was they were just getting desperate to try to generate more offense uh, like early in the games and just it wasn't working. But like in this game, we weren't totally out of it. We were actually getting shots in the first half of the game and so, but that's that it was still happening, these bad pinches. Yeah, and I think some of it can be attributed to bad bounces where it just flops over the stick somehow and someone gets caught or a shot goes off goes off the net or misses caroms wide and then bounces off the glass weirdly and there's an odd man rush the other way but yeah it's at a point where i don't know it's it's a lot of just bad mishandling it's obviously just something you got to practice and hope kind of irons out um i don't i don't and the worst part is i don't really foresee how much better this the situation's gonna get it just feels like everything's spiraling downhill mm. right now which is not fun um but hey it sense fans if you're in that position take a break you know mental health check and then and then come back when when the team is feeling better when you're feeling better so we roll on yeah yeah that's what i'm worried about is uh the team just kind of spiraling from this point on like i i just i hope that they're still able to give us entertaining hockey for for the rest of the season because for the most part throughout this year throughout the ups and downs we've still had a lot of close games and not too many blowouts like everyone always talks about november where it was just one goal loss after one goal loss and that's just the the main issue for me right now as a fan is that if we were losing close games against these teams i i wouldn't be complaining nearly as much but just the fact that chicago you you're down five nothing so it's just a multi-goal deficit the whole game vancouver you went down four nothing and this game you go down three one four one and you never score again like it it just i i'm worried at this point like i i hope that uh i hope that dj isn't losing the room or anything like that which is shocking to say after we were doing so well before this road trip yeah and you do have a guy like in in situations where you would have been in this a few years ago you didn't have a guy like Jihu, who is a guy that I feel or have a lot of confidence in can really get this team back into it. And we've seen him just absolutely will this team into games before. We've mm-hmm. seen how frustrated he gets in the best way during games. And that's worked before. At this point, there's nothing we can do but just hope <laughs> that it 
he's able to, you know, get this team back together, get the cohesion going. Kachuk, that he can work with Kachuk to really lead this team back into it. But yeah, it's uh, it's not looking really good for the for the cohesion and the vibes of this team at all right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the vibes have just suddenly become absolutely rancid after they were at like an all time high uh, at the end of last week. It, it's only been a week. Like yesterday, it was a week since that Columbus game. It's it's crazy how how quickly things can fall. And I had seen earlier on Twitter today, uh, Ottawa's road record with DJ is 48, 75, and 12. And I'm sure, obviously, all of our seasons under DJ have been losing seasons until now, so I'm sure that the home record isn't significantly better. But I I have to wonder if DJ is kind of just getting exposed on the road in terms of, like, his coaching ability. Like, it, it, it rarely seems that we are like ever the better team on the road like we had a couple good road games like that one in toronto a couple good road games in msg but i feel like it's been a trend just typically with dj smith hockey that you i don't know it feels like he needs those those line matchups on home ice or something yeah and i was thinking about that but it's not like we're we're talking about how good his line matchups are at home. Like we've seen yeah, him that is fair. match up this this Kelly Castellick Watson or Gambrell whatever kind of combination you want to throw on the fourth line against, you know, the Austin Matthews and the McDavid's of the world. And that's not going to fare well. So mm-hmm. it really feels weird that it's actually worst on the road. Um but I don't know. Like it is weird. I'd li- I would like to see it if someone pulled it up. But how much worse the home record really is, yeah. or how much worse the away record really is than the home, and then relative, you know, how good usually teams are because teams are better at home on average, not mm-hmm. by a significant margin, but enough so to see if there's a significant amount of data there to really see that they're worse on the road. Mm-hmm. And uh, another interesting point uh, from Graham in the chat saying this is certainly going to be a test of dj and if he fails there's a strong argument to remove him just in terms of this is the first real pressure and expectation that the team has faced uh and they're failing and yeah like other than the starts of previous seasons where we all get ourselves hyped and like oh nothing can go wrong at the beginning of the season like nothing has gone wrong yet so we're all optimistic but but yeah suddenly the expectations are just huge on this team out of nowhere and i feel like I really want to see this team be able to bounce back, even though I think playoffs are just a pipe dream after this road trip. Um, I'm really hoping that we can just get some decent hockey here. This is the thing that I'm kind of torn on because I don't feel like DJ is the coach to take this team forward in the future. Yet at the same time, I don't want to see them just totally crumble and then that will result in him getting fired. Like, like I'm like I basically I want to see them play better, but if they play better enough, it's like then they might keep DJ, and then I'm not sure if I like that either. Like, how are you feeling about that? I don't know because it does feel like when when the team is going, the vibes are just immaculate, right? And like you know, DJ Smith goes along, and he's one thing that's really important is on Pride Night especially, he was he had all those quotes, and he's talking about how important it is to have these types of nights and the inclusiveness. And that should be number one priority. And he does feel that. Absolutely. Like the character and being able to, you know, identify these types of things and really promote uh, diversity and inclusiveness is, is huge. And you love to see it. Obviously losing sucks, but so I don't know. What's his, what's his contract like actually? 
Um, Because he signed it at the start of last year. That's true. I, I, I actually have no clue if his contract is expiring or not. I, I, you know, I typed in DJ Smith, just started typing it in Google right now, and right away it said contract. So I think everyone is wondering. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay. Uh, so it runs through next season, and then there's a club option after that. So, yeah, if, if the new ownership did decide to fire him, they would be paying him for that extra year. I, I assume with the club option, that third year doesn't count if you fire him. Yeah, and that's another thing is new ownership is coming in soon. Mm-hmm. Um, how much of an exodus will it be in terms of management and coaching staff and just general employees throughout the organization? We don't know. Surely these last few games haven't fared well for him, but it's absolutely going to be dependent on the strategy that the new ownership brings in because that could mean not only just DJ Smith out, but the entire coaching medical staff, mm-hmm. uh, all the all the management guys, um, so, so we'll really see, cause right now it, it's kind of, we, we just have no idea. <laughs> we don't, we don't know whatsoever. Yeah. I'm hoping that, uh, like, it seems like it's going to take a while, but I'm hoping that we can get a little bit of a, like a hint or a leaning as to who is the front runner for ownership soon. Cause it, it feels like we've just been wondering like all, all season, like, at least we had the report, uh, this past week about, uh, like who are the biggest groups. But yeah, like, not that it would give us any insight into what they're looking to do, but yeah. And along that line of thinking, I do also want to ask you, are you pro-Dorian or anti-Dorian in terms of whether he should stay? Because I feel like I have been leaning a little bit more pro-Dorian lately, but also if this team just completely craps the bed and tanks at uh, the bottom of the standings for the rest of the season, which it looks like might be a possibility at this point, hopefully not, uh, then it's hard to say for me. Yeah, one thing I will say over the last like calendar year almost, like, and that's I that's not including the Travis Hamannick trade because that was a little over a year ago now, I believe. <laughs> and we don't want to talk Dario about has, that one. Yeah, yeah, let's 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 not mention that. But um, Dario has made some really good deals. Like the one thing that I think people would disagree with the most is likely the Connor Brown trade. Mm-hmm. I'd say, and it's funny and uh. Beata and Erickson's burner talked about this on their on the great podcast, Elite Sense Brain. Check it out, people, if you Shout haven't. out to them. Um, but when that trade happened, everyone was like, oh my God, something else is coming. We're gonna use it to trade for Chikrin. Mm-hmm. And then like nine months later. Yeah, there was a huge delay on that. Technically, it was true, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So the fact that that was kind of the worst deal, and we've had these absolute home run swings where we've been able to add Giroud to bring it. And Chikrin without giving up any current players or prospects. And while not really giving up on any sort, because Debrinkit was the seventh overall pick. Chikrin was was a free free agent signing. Chikrin, again, it's the pick is protected. Can if whatever gets shifted around in next year, whatever, we can speculate about that. But as it currently stands, that's no disastrous lottery picks. Mm-hmm. And no prospects or players, which is absolutely ridiculous that that has happened. Like the the team in terms of value attained within the organization in the last year has skyrocketed. So I think that should be an argument for Dario. Again, we have seen some results more recently up until the last few ga- last few days. I think we should probably wait and see what next year brings um, to evaluate that. But then again, that all depends on what, what the ownership's philosophy is. Yeah, I, I totally agree about how crucial it is that we only gave up picks in the Chikrin deal and not even multiple firsts on top of that. Just because if, like, 
that trade is crazy. Yeah. I, I still can't believe we got him. Still can't get over that. Like, obviously, if the team had continued playing great and was successful on this road trip, we would just be elated, like, even more happy with the trade than we are now. But for me, the fact that they've stumbled a little bit here, but I, but obviously, you still have chicken for two more years, so it's not like it's a rental or anything. The fact that they've stumbled here has me even more glad that we didn't give up any prospects or, or roster players. Like, I, I was saying last game... Man, last game, I guess Seattle, because I didn't cover uh, last night's game, but I, I loved Pinto's game against Seattle, and, and I was saying I'm so glad that we didn't have to end up giving him up because everyone thought it was going to be him or Greg going for uh, for Chikrin. And, you know, a little bit of a rough night for Pinto here today, but just the fact that it's only a few picks going for Chikrin, and again, hopefully the team bounces back enough so that it's not a top 10 pick uh, going to Arizona this year. Uh super happy about that i feel like that's a silver lining at least at least it's it's not dorian like going all in on rentals like he didn't go and give up the first unprotected for matt dumba or something like that he he did the right <laughs> thing and made an awesome move so at, at least that's something we can still be positive about here eh? yeah definitely and again pinto has looked really good like or he's at least gotten back up because at the start of the season he was popping off this guy mm -hmm. was scoring goals like crazy and then he kind of faded a little bit but over this last stretch he's he's looked like he's gonna be a really really important piece at least as a 3c and sure his finishing was crazy at the start of the season it's still been like above average throughout the season, you know, he's at what, like 16, 17 goals this season, yeah, 17. which is very good for a 22 year old rookie. Uh, he's played a solid, uh, at least above average defensive zone game. Uh, he's helped the defenseman come back in the rush a lot. Uh, in terms of penalties, I know he's taken some more recently, but he still had a positive impact in terms of drawing versus taking some there. He's been very much what I would call right now the average NHLer, but in the best way, especially because he's only 22 years old. Mm -hmm. Like he, if I were to compare him to anyone, it'd probably be something like a Philip Dano. Obviously, nowhere near the same level, but stylistically, that's what I would say. And if he can keep growing and playing more like him that would be an incredible add to this team mm -hmm. yeah i think he's just a super important piece uh just that 3c like he already has his spot penciled in and it kind of it totally sucks that he's had to play way above that for uh for pretty much all this season and again that's that's another kind of silver lining that we can pull too is that i imagine this team had josh norris all year we'd be or still closer. had Forsberg. Yeah, yeah, or Forsberg even, because, yeah, I, I don't want to pin too Man, much on him. the rookie goalies, oh. but it, it totally sucks that uh, that they, they've had to get hung out to dry like this over this road trip. I feel bad for them. Yeah, God, the poor baby giraffe, Mad Sogard, man. Mm -hmm. I, I really feel for him. Mandalese, too. Like, they haven't been atrocious in any way, but it's not... It, it's if we had some other goaltending, it's not like we would have won those games. We were not getting any goal support. The yep. defensive support was far from where it should be. So yeah, it, they've been this year. I think they've had a positive impact. Like remember that Mandalay's first game when it was like, I think the most saves in the last 30 years in a debut win mm -hmm. against the Islanders. Was ridiculous. That was crazy. They've brought some great moments this year. Obviously the fact that we've had to see them, the circumstances involved there haven't been great, you know, just wish we wouldn't have gotten to this point with the Forsberg injury and Talbot constantly getting injured, which really does suck. Um, but yeah, you can't really ask too much more from them because I, I don't think things would have gone the other way if we had another goalie in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And 
kind of along a similar line like we mentioned the defense there i think it's it's a little bit funny that everyone was complaining the last couple games about uh Brandstrom being out for holden and then ends up not even being a storyline at all when Brandstrom comes back in eh? like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that he was bad or anything tonight because i don't think anyone was uh particularly good whatsoever but it it sucks. We were we were analyzing DJ's lineup decisions so much and saying like, okay, he's got to put all these guys who are scratched back in, and then it just it didn't matter at all. Like we all just wasted our time talking about that. Yeah, because <laughs> it's funny. We were all elated, you know. At the Zoopcast, we're big we're big Brandstrom fans. Even Adam now, we we've converted him because Josh and I have always been high on Brandstrom, and this season Adam's been very pro Eric Brandstrom, which. Short King Supremacy at the Zoopcast, you know, obviously. Uh, but yeah, it's it sucks that we can't even talk about this as such a such a big pro because, you know, the vibes are so bad right mm-hmm. now. But at least it, it's nice to, you know, see him back in the lineup again, I guess. Uh, Gauthier is back. That's another thing. I don't know why he was the, the first guy to be scratched. That doesn't no make any sense to me. I'm a huge fan of his in like a fourth line role, sure, because of how bad our bottom six is. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to play him on the third line, but he brings a lot of value in the sense that he's the reason I like him is a lot. Why I like Matthew Joseph and we can get into that injury later, but they both bring uh, some transition value in terms of carrying the puck in. They're both pretty decent checkers. Julian Gauthier, especially like he's very physical, the way he uses his body and speed to get around guys. He got a breakaway today. Obviously he couldn't finish, which, oh, well. Uh, but he's also able to draw penalties. And that's one thing that Josh and I have been able to advocate for a lot is that the sense, if they bring more of those guys in, they'd be able to play the Colorado Avalanche model from the last few years, which is have your bottom six. Sure, they'll be effective and all that stuff. But if they can draw penalties, that means you can get your top six out there more often, get those top guys to play more in more favorable situations. And that really helps in terms of getting more offense and you know, limiting any sort of chances from the other team, obviously, unless you're the sense because our power play is apparently good enough for both teams offensively, which still baffles me. Yeah, I totally agree about Goche. I don't think he should have came out of the lineup in the first place. And he showed tonight why he's uh, useful to this team. Like, uh, again, obviously didn't score in that breakaway, but uh, creating that chance for himself and doing like a decent attempt on the breakaway that was better than pretty much any other sense forward did tonight so uh so i was happy with him and i hope he stays in the lineup uh i think considering the joseph injury like you mentioned i don't think they'll uh, like one more game left in the road trip i don't think they're gonna be calling anyone up for that game so i expect that patrick brown will just slot back in for joseph which i guess or or maybe uh um, yeah. or brassard yeah both of them are out i forgot that both of them were scratched but uh yeah, in terms of uh, next game, it really sucks to to lose Joseph there. That was a, a horrible, horrible injury to watch. You could just tell right away that he knew that it, it was not good. So I really feel for the guy. And I guess Shabbat as well. We're going to need an update on him uh, yeah. after taking that shot. He didn't return, eh? I, I don't think. No, I don't believe he did. And this is like a monkey's paw thing. It's like, well, now we're getting Branstrom in the lineup. Either yeah, way. Branstrom's going to stay in now for sure. Ah, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Yeah, I'd completely forgotten that Patrick Brown was one of the guys scratched. But again, I don't mind him in the bottom six either. Derek mm-hmm. Kasach, one of the only guys in our bottom six who's actually getting points and yep, contributing pretty much to, the only one. to scoring. So it's like, why would you scratch him? I don't know. But if we do get more injuries, listen, at, especially since the season is kind of slipping away, you want to reward guys that have been doing well all season. Yep. Anybody who knows me 
will know that I will advocate for calling up Belleville's current leading scorer, by the way, uh, Angus Crookshank. There it is. So getting him up on this team to get just a few games would be great. I know. I don't know if Bosty's still in the chat, but, you know, getting Sokolov up here would also be solid. Really anything, anything new like that could... Mm-hmm. not, you know, reinvigorate me as a fan for the rest of the season, but at least it would give me something to look forward to and just to kind of have fun with, because that's what it's all about in the end. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It would be nice to uh, see some of those guys down the stretch here, especially since the playoff race seems to be fading away a little bit. It, it was funny kind of over the last two weeks, like before this week, that our bottom six just randomly started being really good, like Broussard with the two-goal game, Watson with the two-goal game, Gambrell's picking up assists out of nowhere, uh, but it that seems to have just all gone completely away on this road trip already like Patrick Brown jumped into the lineup and and got that nice goal against Seattle but it's not a guy that you expect offense from really so I I totally agree that uh, I'd like to see some some of those guys getting into the lineup there and uh, I think we're going to wrap it up soon here Uh, one last thing I want to mention uh, from Twitter I want to shout out Nick Robinson who is unfortunately he has been traveling on this road trip to watch I believe all the games and I just oh, feel misery. I just feel oh, so no. bad for him he was like oh my god I still have to go to Edmonton after this one and I I just want to give a huge shout out to him the dedication uh, of a fan to follow the team on a whole five game road trip and I really hope that they can pull out a win in Edmonton for him just to give him a little bit something because uh, it's it's been rough so shout out to him for sure uh, just quickly have you ever watched the Sens uh, on the road before no, no, I have not. That is one thing I I hope to do in the future. Uh, eventually, uh, Adam has though a bunch of times. Okay. My co-host on the Zoopcast, and up until the last game he went to, I think they were zero and eight. Oh my god! So yeah, miserable. But eventually, they finally got to win. Uh, so you know, good good for him. But finally I'm assuming he's feeling. He used to feel kind of the same way as as Nick is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it uh, it, rem- it just reminded me uh, in the season when we got Duchesne, when we went on a whole tailspin, uh, my family had booked a vacation of Florida and like way in the summer, right? Because we're like, oh, the Sens are good now. And we watched the Sens in Tampa and in Florida. Uh, they lost in a shootout to Tampa, which was actually a decent game. And then that Florida Panthers game was a one nothing loss. And it was the most boring Ugh. game I've ever seen in my life. And in their dark ass arena with no lighting in the seats, that was one of the, one of the most uh, boring games I've ever ever seen in my life but uh yeah sends on the road they it's uh not great not great this this week either hopefully they can pull something off in edmonton because uh it's gonna be rough staying up to cover that game uh one more time at least gracefully it's the last western game of the season i think everything else after this is in the the eastern time zone so that's good at least (laughs) yeah that's where we're gonna leave it for tonight uh before we go do you want to plug your stuff yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Louis underscore Boule underscore. Uh, follow my podcast uh, at Zoopcast uh, and my my friends and co-hosts Adam Copeland and and Josh Glazer. Uh, I don't think there's there's much else. Uh, doing a lot of hockey analytics projects right now. Hopefully, some of them become public soon. Maybe some player cards to come out in the near future. But yeah, uh, if and I'm pretty much mostly on Twitter. So so follow me there if if you want to hear more of me and. Uh, spewing some random microstats and pro brands from propaganda. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me tonight and huge shout out to the Zubcast, of course, or Zubcast. I don't know why I always say Zubcast. I mess it up, but yeah. Thank you everyone so much for watching. Leave a like if you enjoyed, subscribe to STPN and have a good night.
powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook.